Hi, I'm Roger Blackmore. I'm the lead pastor at Genesis Church on Long Island in New York. Thanks for downloading our podcast. I hope it's a blessing to you. If you want to learn a bit more about our church, then check out our website, genesisli.com. And of course, if you live within traveling distance of us, we'd love to see you in person on Sunday morning, worshiping with us. So here's today's message. Enjoy. Amen. I, um, I, I thought uh, Louis Giglio there was just absolutely amazing, the David and Goliath. I want to encourage you, uh, you know, when it comes to small groups, you know, on a Sunday morning, you just see the back of somebody's head. And you're kind of saying, oh, you know, there are a few gray hairs or probably there's no hair. I don't know what you're kind of thinking about, you know. But it's in, it's in the small kind of groups where you're able to kind of, you know, make eye contact and, and chat with people. And people are there to kind of support you, you know. You know, sometimes as a church, we're a big number. But in a small group, you kind of have those connections. And I, I just want to encourage you, you know, be, get involved in a small group. It'll make all the difference in your life. All right, and uh, just Roger, for you, my life's verse is Psalm 56, verse 3, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. All right, that's what David says, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Okay, uh, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Genesis 15, uh, Genesis 15, and uh, the scripture starts off with saying, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Now, Abraham means exalted father. Abraham means father of the nations. And this is before his name has been changed by God. And the Bible says to us, after this, I think when it says after this, I want to ask myself, after what? After what? I mean, what what, what do you mean after this? And so if you rewind, go back to chapter 12, you see that the Lord appears to Abraham in the earth of the Chaldeans, and uh, that's modern day Iraq. And he kind of says to him, um, leave your country, leave your kindred, leave your family, and go to the place that I will show you. And there is a sevenfold blessing. He says, I will, I will, I will, I will. I will bless you, Abraham, if you will do that. And verse 4 says, and he left. Now, sometimes we kind of read through the scripture and, uh, you know, we think, okay, he left. But just think about it for a moment. I mean, God says to him, leave your country, leave your kindred, leave your people, leave your family and go to the place where I will show you, you know. Uh, the first thing I did when we got ready to come on this trip, all right, was to check actually AccuWeather, all right. Okay, because back home, it's about 100, 105, we are frying, you guys are freezing, all right. <laughs> So I wonder what Abraham said to the Lord, "Um, excuse me, uh, should I pack for hot or cold weather? I mean, (laughs) you know, and uh, think about the conversation with the mother-in-law. I mean, I'm taking your daughter. Where are you taking her? I don't know. (laughs) How long will you be gone? I don't know. When will you come back? I don't know. Well, stupid, what do you know? I mean, you know, so, you know, we we just kind of read and... uh, it says, and he left. And that's why this, 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 this man is just an amazing man of faith. You know, that's why he's the father of our faith. And, and he left. And uh, the Bible tells us as he, as he kind of leaves, uh, he, he kind of goes into Egypt. And you know the story there. It comes into chapter 13. In verse 2, it tells us that he was a wealthy man. 
All right, he was a wealthy man. I, 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 you know, he came into this wealth, and then his 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 uh, nephew Lot. There's an argument between the herdsmen and they part company. And God says to him, "I will give you the land again." He says to him. Right, he says it in verse 12, he's, in chapter 12. He says in chapter 13, I will give you this land as a possession. And then in chapter 14, we kind of understand that uh, uh, five, uh, four kings come against five kings, and those four kings kind of win a, a victory, and they take Lot, his nephew, captive, along with all his possessions. And Abraham hears about it, and the Bible tells us that he actually gets 318 of his men who are trained in his household. And uh, he, he kind of, you know, rides through the night and he, he kind of has a great victory. He did what five kings could not do. And that's, why, that's because he had an in-house training program to train these 318 people. And uh, the Bible then comes, you come into chapter 15. And so you're understanding that Abraham has actually positioned himself in a place where he can hear God speak to him. Because in chapter 12, when God speaks to him, the first thing that he does is he obeys. He obeys. Really important. And uh, we need to be people, when God is speaking to us, we need to respond to him in obedience. He obeys. And so in this whole kind of chapter 12, 13, and 14, he brings himself and he positions himself for God to speak to him again. And uh, the, the, the scripture tells us, that the Lord said to him, do not be afraid, Abraham, or Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. I am your shield and your very great reward. I want to think about that for a moment. I mean, what's God actually trying to say to him? What does a shield do to you? I mean, another kind of, uh, um, another kind of scripture says, you know, I'm your sovereign, I'm your king. All right, and for me, a shield kind of protects. And so God's saying to him, you know what? I want to be your protector. I'm your shield and your ever-increasing reward. I want, you to be, I want to be your protector, but I also want to be your provider. And there's one thing that is standing in the way of me being your protector and your provider, and that's your fear. That's your fear. All right, so we, we, we looked at David and Goliath. One of them is fear. All right, and, 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 and that's something that kind of grips our heart. And the minute we kind of fear... God says to us, I can't be your protector and I cannot be your provider. Do not fear, Abram. I am your protector and I am your provider. And so um, Abraham immediately prays and, and he says to God, and I, I love what he does. He's immediately saying to God, what is his fear? So God kind of pinpoints, hey, you've got a fear, but he actually is able to define what that fear is. And it's really important for you and me to be at a place where we can come to God and tell him what is our fear. And Abraham says to, to, tells God, you know, I've got a servant and he's going to inherit all what I possess. I do not have a son. Now, um, all we know from the scripture that in chapter 12, Abraham's 75 years old. In, chapters, uh, in, chapter, in, in this chapter, as you go on, and the next chapter, as Ishmael is born, Abraham's 86 years old. So he's somewhere between 75 and 86, all right? And he's longing for a son. He's longing for a son. His wife is 10 years younger than him, all right? And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 4 that she was past the age of childbearing, and so uh, they're both going on in age. 
And he brings this to the Lord, and, and uh, the Lord kind of says to him, um, this man will not be your heir, but a son from, who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. Will be your heir. Uh, will be your heir, sorry. What's, what's his fear? His fear is no children. He does not have children. And the Lord says to him, uh, you know, will you come out from your tent? And will you come outside? And he says, now look up and look at the stars. If you can count them. And you know, uh, on, a, on a no moon night, when you can see a lot of the stars, research tells us that we can see about probably 8,000. But let me tell you, there are many, many more than that. Much more stars than that. And uh, I was in an in, 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 in eastern state of the country uh, of India called Odisha. And uh, we were there uh, once. I, I, I visit the place often. And uh, we were there once when it was full moon. And you know, because there's no pollution, this is the tribal belt up in the mountains. When it's full moon, uh, the moon actually casts a shadow. You don't need a torch. Right, you can just see, it's just bright light in the night. Amazing. And then we were there one year when uh, there was no moon. And as we were there, we had a, we had a park cut. All right, so all the lights were off, and we were on the rooftop. And believe me, there wasn't a square inch of, of sky without a star. It was just the most amazing. I didn't have a camera to capture that kind of uh, scene, but it was just the most amazing uh, uh, picture that just captivated me. I just sat, you know, sat there, looked up with my mouth open, and, and gazed at the wonder and majesty of God in His creation. Just absolutely, absolutely amazing. And uh, God says to him, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then He said, so shall your offspring be. And the Bible says that Abraham believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. I asked myself, uh, why did God take him outside? Why did God take him outside? Why did God not kind of speak to him in his tent where he was? And I believe that for a lot of us, we need a change of scenario. Because where we are, it often brings to us memories of disappointments and memories of hurt and, and, and failure. And in that place, we are not able to actually grasp and get hold of what God wants to actually show us and what God wants to give us. And so you're at a place where God says, you know, where you are, it's really, really difficult for me to show you something. And so he wants us to be at a place where we are able to push away from where we are and go to the place where he wants us to be because where he wants us to be in that place, he will reveal to us and he will show us his plan, his purpose for our lives. And give us fresh promise. And so, God's just saying to Abraham, I want you to walk away from where you are to where you, I want you to be. Because in that place, I can really, really bless you. And so, um, here's Abraham. He looks up at the, at, at the, sky, at, at the stars. Uh, you know, I've, I've found one thing in, in, in our Christian life. I've been uh, a, a pastor for 28 years. And I found this one thing. We are really, really good at asking, but very poor on receiving. All right. So we ask, 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 but we don't really receive. And it's almost like, you know, you're praying to God, God, please open that door for me, that door for opportunity. And like God seated on his throne, he's scratching his head and saying, hey, actually, this opened three months ago. All right. 
You need to get up and walk through the door. You know, God's not going to do that for you. All right. He says, I've already opened that door for you. And uh, I think it's, 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 it's really, really important that we understand this. And it's, it's not the question about God giving us. It's a question of how much can we receive. It's not a question of God coming close to me. It's a question of, you know, God's here and I've got the choice to be here, 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 here. It depends on me, not on him. You know. And so, here's, here's kind of Abraham, and God's kind of bringing to him a picture. And I want to suggest to you this morning that faith is a picture. Faith is a picture. God wants you to be able, for your physical eyes to be able to see something, and then for you to be at a place where you can lift those eyes off your circumstance and situation and be able to gaze upon Him. And when you do that, then you begin to see what he has in store for you. Because when you're able to grasp and get a hold of a vision that God's given you, you can say, you know what, I can actually reach that. Faith's a picture. Just last month, uh, I was in the state of Odisha, and uh, we were in a, 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 a traditional kind of mainline church, you know, the church which has pews, etc. And uh, we were teaching pastors and leaders there. And uh, during the break, a lady came up to me, and uh, she said, Pastor, will you pray for me? I said, sure, what's the problem? She said, I have a problem with my, with my shoulder. Uh, she had kind of a frozen shoulder. She said, I can't move my hand more than that much. All right? And she says, I've had this problem for three years, and I've spent so much of money on the doctors. And uh, can you pray for me? I said, sure. She said, okay, I want you to do one thing before I pray for you. I want you to picture in your mind that your hand's going to rise up like that. You're going to raise your hand right up like that. The minute I say amen, lift it up. All right? So she, I said, are you ready? She said, yeah. Said, okay, pray, Jesus, come and touch her in your name. Amen. And the minute I say amen, she lifted her hand right up. All right. All right. Faith is a picture. Faith is a picture. God wants to give us a picture of every possibility that, that, because He has that kind of power. You know, the Bible says to us, so, so it's, it's really important that we are able to see what God wants to show us. All right. But also to be able to hear what He's saying to us. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word, the, 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 the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And so if it comes by hearing, then faith must also have a voice. So I need to be able to see. I also need to be able to hear what God is actually saying to me. And so uh, here's Abraham in this place, and, and the Bible says he believed God. The minute he saw the picture, he believed God. God, you're going to do that uh, for me. And then um, he goes on to say in verse 7, uh, the Lord says to him, I'm the Lord who brought you out uh, to give you this land to take possession of it. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of this? Now, this actually kind of freaks me out. I mean, uh, let me ask you a question this morning. If, if you've really gone on in age, yeah? Okay, so um, let's say Abraham's about 85 years old. His wife is 75 years old. They are an older couple, yeah? Okay, and uh, he's asking God for a son. He, his wife has never had a child. He's asking God for a son, and God says, I'll give you a son. And he believes God. And then God says to him, okay, I'm going to give you this piece of land. And he says, how is that possible? All right. You know, as I, as I kind of read that, and I was asking myself, now, 
I mean, which one is easy and which one is difficult? You know the answer, I mean, you know. And so I'm asking God, hey, what's going on here? And the Lord kind of said to me, you know, that's what happens to, to, to me. I'm able to believe God for this, but I find it very difficult to believe God for this. And that happens in our life over and over and over again. You see, the God who can actually give me an answer here also has the power to give me the answer here. But sometimes my mind just says, yes, no. And I think it's really, really important that we are able to rise up and and be able to embrace what God has in store for, for us. And so he says to the Lord, how do I know this is true? And the Lord said to him, bring me a heifer, a goat, a ram. He's three years old along with a dove and a young pigeon. And Abraham brought these two and, and, and he cut it in two and, and arranged the halves uh, opposite each other. He brought an offering. He brought a sacrifice. He sacrificed something uh, to the Lord. Why did he do it? He did it to actually seal the prophetic word. God promised him something. And God's saying, now, okay, do something. And you know, when God kind of uh, brings to us an answer to the prayer that we've been making for many, many years, He wants us to arise in faith and begin to do something. Because in doing something, it shows God, yes, I'm able to latch on to what you are saying to me. And uh, uh, in verse 11 says, the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abraham drove them away. And I think the difference often between Abraham and us is that when the birds of prey have come down, we have not actually driven them away. The birds of prey, I would, I would think they're symbolic of the, of the whole kind of demonic realm. All right? The birds of prey wanting to take away our kind of offering to the Lord. Because if they are able to take away that sacrifice, then covenant is not going to be made. The Bible says he, he got up and he, and he drove them away. And this morning I want to encourage you and say, it's about time we stood up and we took back everything that the enemy has stolen from us. We stood up for ourselves, for our families, for our community, for our city, for our country. You say, God, we're going to drive away this whole realm of the demonic. And we're going to stand and we're going to resist And we're going to be at a place where we're going to see breakthrough. And let me tell you something. When you see breakthrough, you're never looking back. It's broken through. And I believe that's what God wants to do for some of us this morning. Is to take back what the enemy has stolen. In the parable of the sower, in Matthew chapter 13, it says, the the sower went along. He, He scattered the seed. The seed fell on the path. And immediately, the birds came and snatched it away. All right. I think it's about time we began to recognize the activity of the birds of prey. And he's standing up this morning and saying to God, I am taking my family back for Jesus. I am taking my family back for Jesus. That's what my mother did many, many years ago. I came to Jesus when I was 10 years old. And 16 to 20, I went off the, off the rails. I was smoking and I was drinking very heavily. And then for a year and a half, I was addicted to drugs. But when I was 14 years old... A pastor from America had come to our church, and he pointed out to me and said, Sonny, you're going to be a pastor. All right, the spirit of Jeremiah will run through you. You'll be a man of faith. And for four years, every single day, in that drunken drug state, my mother would cry out to God and say, God, you promised me my son would be a pastor. 
She knew how to actually drive away the vultures. And then on the, on the 10th of September, 1984, I came home really blown out of my brains, yeah. But cried out to God and said, God, I know you're up there somewhere. Save me. And the words had just left my mouth and God was in the room. And I had this encounter with him. It's, it's now 34 years on and I've never looked back by his grace. And so as I close this morning, I, I believe what, what God wants us to do, he wants us to stand, he wants us to speak, he wants us to declare, he wants us to proclaim, he wants us to be a, a prophetic voice over ourselves, over our families, and he wants us to be at a place where we are going to, we are going to press in till we see breakthrough. Press in for what God has in store for us. The end of the chapter the Bible says that the, the Lord came down as a, as, a, as, a, as a fire pot and he went through the offering and covenant was made. And the Lord said to, to Abraham, to your descendants will I give this land. And we know from history what has actually happened. And that's exactly what God wants to do for us. He wants, as I close this morning, to be our protector and our provider. He wants that we come to a place and we are really honest with him. We let him know what our fears are. He wants to bring about a change of scenario in our lives. He wants us to move out from the place of discouragement and disappointment and disillusionment and depression. And he wants us to bring us a place and give us kind of fresh vision. He wants, to, he wants us to bring him sacrifice. He wants us to bring, us, bring him sacrifice. Many of us, you know, we, we want to be at a place where we just want the blessings of the kingdom. But we don't want to stand up and take on the responsibilities of the kingdom. And sometimes that, that brings about a little sacrifice of our time, our energy, our money. He wants us to bring him some sacrifice. And when we bring that sacrifice to him, he wants us to stand up and drive away the birds of prey. And to take back what the enemy has stolen. So that you and I would be at a place where we would receive the fulfillment of the prophetic word that he has upon our lives. Why don't we stand and pray this morning?